Once again, my name is Joe Crummy. I'm one of the leaders here at the Meeting Place Church, and I'm going to be speaking this morning. So once again, we want to welcome you here, and know we have some guests with us, and so it's great to have you here. And we as a church have been going through a series on what it is to be a follower of Jesus and looking at some foundational things. And so Gary just mentioned that, even in that picture that he had. And uh, last week, we were able to take a look at some foundational things for church leadership. And so we looked at how about God as the Trinity, and about family life, and then church life, and we're going to continue on today, and looking at, uh, so last week we looked at like elders, deacons, church members, how we all work together, and then one aspect of that, we didn't have time to get into last night, or last week because of time, and woof, there's just so many things to cover, is when you look in the New Testament, there's other uh, sort of titles and roles that you're going to see besides like elders, deacons, some things that are mentioned. And some of them have some funny names that we're not really used to. And so we're going to look at th- things today, as you see in the New Testament, apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. And so this is something that um, could be new to many of you. And you might think, how in the world does this apply to my life? Well, it does, one way or another. Because if we don't have them, it's going to affect your life in a negative way. And it's good to understand uh, why we do the things we do. And it helps you to understand, especially in this church, um, if you're going to be part of this church, you need to understand how we're structured, why we do the things that we do. So we just brought Brent on board this week uh, full time. Okay, Some of the things I'm going to talk about today is one of the reasons why we need someone like Brent to come on board. So you've got to stick with me because some of these things, again, we're, apostle isn't one of those words that's used probably in your everyday language, but just in the book of Acts, it's mentioned 30 times alone. So in just one book of the Bible, the word's there. So you can't escape it, so we might as well look at it and see what we're going to do. And I couldn't come up with any really fancy title, and so I, it's a boring title, I admit, okay? But uh, local, translocal leadership, is basically, there's leadership we looked at last week for the local church, and then there's leadership that works together to help groups of churches together. So that's where we use the term translocal. If you come up with a better one, please give it to me and we'll use it uh, in the review for next Sunday, okay? So we're going to take a look at a passage from the book of Ephesians and chapter 4, and this is the Apostle Paul, as he's sometimes known. There's the word right there. Writing to the church in Ephesus, a church that he actually helped start. And here we are some years later, and he's actually writing a letter to the church so we can reread it with those eyes. The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians is really this. It's Paul just saying, this is who you are now that you've become a Christian. So before he gets into anything else about your lifestyle, about anything else, the first three chapters are all about, now that you've become a Christian, this is the radical change that has taken place. We're going to pick it up in chapter 4, where he begins to now say, because of this is who you are, then these are some of the things that now as the church of God, these are how some things are structured, and now this is how you should live. So that's the context that we're going to pick things up, okay? And Paul uses a very interesting phrase uh, to get things started. So let's start at verse 1 of chapter 4. Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So this is the whole thing of 
The grace of God being a gift of God. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So he's referring to Jesus. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might, so that he might fill all things. So he's referring to Jesus. Okay, and so Jesus coming to earth, his ascension back to heaven as well. And he, that's Jesus, he can say, and Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from which, from, sorry, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, so a lot to cover, and we're going to start, and we're going to spend majority of the time this morning just really talking about apostles and just being hopefully becoming a bit more comfortable with that term and understanding what that means and how that applies um, to our lives. And so there's another one from 1 Corinthians. We'll come back to that in a minute. So historically, let's just do a quick sort of um, review of just that word apostle. Okay, The word apostle in Greek means to send out. And this is a similar one because in Latin... The word to send out is missionary. Okay, so I'm just going to note that right now because sometimes, depending upon your church context, um, the word apostle and missionary, some people think they're the same thing. And so in modern day times, maybe you've heard of a missionary, but you might never have heard of an apostle. And so some people think those are the same thing. So some people think apostles back in the Bible, but today we send out missionaries. Okay, and there is some similarities there. But I'm just saying those two words are very similar, Greek, Latin, to send out apostle, missionary. But we're going to look at this morning, we would say they're two different things, even though they could be similar. So just bear with me on that one. First of all, we're going to take a look at, historically, is Jesus. And we read in Hebrews 3.1 that Jesus is the great apostle. So even in the Bible, the word apostle gets, uh, that's one of Jesus' titles. Okay, and you can read a bit Hebrews, all about really and what we mean by apostle, one who was sent, Jesus, of anybody, was sent. He was sent from the Father. He was sent from heaven to come to earth. He was the sent one. An apostle, as we're going to look in the definition, but I'll just give you a quick update. It really talks about being a builder, sort of like an architect. And so it's just talking about Jesus comes and Jesus builds his church. So he's the apostle to the church. He's the architect. He's the one who lays the blueprints out for how church should be operated. So we have Jesus as the master builder, the apostle. We also have in the Bible, you can see in the New Testament, you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have the 12 disciples who are also called the 12 apostles because Jesus gathered before he returned to heaven while he was here on earth. He gathered the 12 to him and they're called apostles and he sent them out. And so they're called the pre-ascension apostles before Jesus ascended back to heaven. He brought these 12 he gathered them, he taught them, and then he sent them out. Okay? And then after uh, Jesus returns to heaven, in the rest of the New Testament, we have other 
people who are called apostles who weren't a part of that original 12. Okay, and so you're going to find out where I'm trying to build. We're being a bit of a lawyer in a courtroom here a bit this morning. We're trying to build a bit of an argument because some people just believe apostles today don't exist anymore. And we're trying to build on that you get in the New Testament, you find other people who are called apostles who weren't part of the original 12. So you got a guy like Barnabas, who you can read in Acts 14 and 15, who's called an apostle, but he wasn't originally part of the 12. And if you read Paul's letters in Corinthians, he talks about other apostles he doesn't even put names to. So there seems to be more evidence that apostles are a gift and a function, not just limited to sort of the original 12. And some people think apostles were only those who wrote Scripture. Well, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, Acts. He was never called an apostle, yet he wrote Scripture. Okay, So we have to sort of build our argument that it doesn't seem to land anywhere that in the New Testament that it says that apostles were just for the early church and then once Scripture was written and once the church got started, we don't need apostles anymore. Because, can I just do this? Can I just have a show of hands? In your growing up and up till the last maybe couple of years, did you ever hear the word apostle? Okay, so about half probably. Because growing up, my... I never even heard the word apostle, okay? There was a movie, how many years ago, called The Apostle. That was kind of like, okay. I've heard of an evangelist. Billy Graham was the evangelist. Prophets were the old guys with white beards in the Old Testament, okay? Teachers taught in schools, and pastors or shepherds were paid to lead the church. Now, that's a Protestant background, and we're going to take a look at, you know, if you're from a Catholic background in the modern times. Obviously, Catholic Church believes in the apostolic succession, so it started with Peter right down, and I had to just laugh a little. Did anyone see Castro with the Pope this week? First thing he asked him is, what do you do? <laughs> I thought that's a really good question. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so in a Catholic apostolic succession from Peter line right to present day, and even Castro was trying to figure out what the Pope does and no disrespect to the pope it's a good question to ask from a protestant background we don't we don't believe in that apostolic secession okay so we are going to build an argument for apostles we're not going to get so caught up in titles because it's more a role and a function as we just read from the book of ephesians are a gift to the church and we need them today okay and so let's get a bit into an apostle's role and function Okay? Because there's a lot to go through. Now, remember, we're not into titles so much, okay? So, we're not calling, going around calling people Apostle Bill or Apostle different things, okay? It's a role and a gift that helps define what a person does. And if you read up here, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 28, Remember that in this scripture, Paul's talking about the body of Christ. One body, many members, different roles, but we're all together. He says this. Now, if you are the body of Christ and individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then he goes on through a lot of different gifts. The reason why he says first apostles, it's not so much like a hierarchy, like apostles value-wise are more important or, you know, 
teachers are third down on the pay scale sort of thing. That's not what he's referring to. He's saying apostles, because they're master builders, they're the ones with the blueprints, they're the ones, the architect, you need them first to break the ground in order for other people to do their roles. Okay, so that's the firstness to it. When we talk about their role or function, there's a firstness to it. So you think about anything that's going to be built, they need the planners first to figure out a lot of infrastructure before they can ever build. And that's sort of what an apostle does if you think of church life, if you think of it sort of building a home. Okay, apostles like a master planner, an architect, a builder. But they're also involved in laying the foundation. So they break a lot of ground. So you have someone like Paul who went to places where no one had ever heard of Jesus. He preached Jesus. People believed in Jesus. He gathered them. He taught them. Okay, and he raised up leaders, and then he moved on to do it again. That's one example of someone who is first plant and also lays foundations. So it's really, really an important role today. Because we need to know what those foundations are. And Gary just mentioned one of them. We need foundations in our world to understand who God is. Okay, now God, we can't fully, completely maybe understand i'll get into the philosophy of, with ryan over that's an accurate statement or not but god reveals himself that we can know who god is and gary just even quickly just said you know here's some foundational things about who god is that's laying foundations gord read out from uh colossians chapter two about who we are in christ this is who we used to be this is now who we are and we need to understand apostles help bring laying foundation of the radical change that takes place when you become a Christian, and what the purpose, who Jesus is, what did Jesus accomplish, Jesus is coming, again, all those things about who we are in Christ, used to be this, now you're this, those are absolutely vital, foundational things for you to be able to grow, and to be able to understand who you are as a Christian, all those things, you think about as a parent, you need to put foundational things in your kids, you can think about it on every level, okay, you need to feed them good food for them to grow you need to teach them different things you need and it's so vital at the early days isn't it much easier parents if you can do as much as you can at the beginning because it's harder as they get going to bring correction and teaching and everything after they get going so we kind of want to start when they're young as opposed to just when they hit the teenage years beginning to bring some instruction and all the parents with teenagers are nodding In church life, isn't it better that at the beginning, good foundations are put in so that we can grow healthy as a Christian? And that's what apostles do. They help lay foundations about the grace of God, understanding that salvation is a gift from God. They lay foundations about who we are in Christ. They lay foundations on doctrine, on church life, on leadership practice, all those different things, key fundamental things things and that's what paul did that's what peter did we see james others in the new testament bringing those complete foundations so that things can be built things can be right here continue to grow because apostles as they get going guess what they raise up leaders and then they help start other churches or help other churches so that there's some there's accountability but there's some autonomy that the local church gets to as elders get appointed and that's our next thing the church becomes a bit more autonomous so that the apostle gets them going but then 
they move on to help other things, and they come back, all those things. But there's an onus on the church growing up and then being able to train and do the same things again. So we're not limited in that way. And apostles also do this. They help appoint elders. And that's what the key part, if you're going to read a lot of the scriptures we read last week about elders, deacons, and local church, a lot of the time in the New Testament, we see that apostles are part of that process. So we have to talk about them because that's vital for what we have today. Because they bring, maybe they can see from an outside perspective sometimes, knowing the church, they see leadership gifts, they see calling, although sometimes they bring confirmation to what the church already understands. And that's really helpful to have many people involved in those uh, bringing elders through. The other thing apostles do, okay, they're not like a CEO in a sense. They're like fathers. And Paul was able to say this to the churches. You know what? You have like 10,000 guardians in Christ, but there's not many fathers. And boy, in our day, in society, we need fathers. And we talked about this last week in family life. In church life, we need fathers. We need fathers who are able to bring love and stability and safety and security. But fathers also bring discipline. They bring correction. They bring authority. Okay? And they bring training. that They can train others. And that's what apostles do as well. And Paul, all through, it's amazing. He, he says in his letters, you know, like, I was like a father to you. I could have come with the hammer, but I came. I lived among you. You saw my life. He says, Others, to Thessalonians, says, I came as a mother to you as well. He uses both mother and father terms. There's a heart to it that's more than just organizational. And that's what sort of church life is both very structured and there's plans and there's strategies and all that. But it's not just a business. Okay? It's a family feel to it. And boy, we need fathers today. Okay? And in my young life as a church leader, I benefited from having many fathers in that sense. But I'm telling you, rubbing shoulders with many church leaders, and Angela sees this as well. Everywhere we go, these guys come out of the woodwork, anything church life, and they're just screaming for older men to help them and to help father them and their churches. Okay? And we just humbly say, we have to say no to a lot of things because we are we would be swamped right now from different denominations, everything, because we're missing, I think, in church life today, and many churches, the apostle role and function in our churches. So fathering is a big thing. They bring vision, and they work in teams. So vision's a big one, and I think you get, hopefully, the gist of what we're going for. Big picture things to keep people moving on, and they work in team. They work with prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They work with the local church, with elders, deacons, the whole church together. Okay? There's just kind of a snapshot and then apostles today, boy, we need apostles today. We need that gift, that role, that function in church life today. And I would say, just an observation, and I'm no expert, but I think in many churches in North America that maybe are struggling and all kinds of different reasons, I, people ask the question, you know, why, why? I think this is one of the primary answers, is that, we don't have this gift, this role functioning in church life today. So it's a biggie. So I think churches that are sometimes doing really well, okay, they sort of hit a plateau and they hit a ceiling. They get quite big and then it's like almost like, what do we do now? And they're not even thinking about church planning, about going to other areas that don't have 
churches. So it becomes one big church, and that's it. Why? One of the reasons is they don't have the apostles saying, hey, there's a town here, there's a village here, there's a part of the city here that isn't being reached. Why don't you take some people from there, go in there, and we're going to help you with that. They don't have that vision or that understanding. Many churches are about that deep in theology. Okay, They don't understand who they are. They don't understand the rich doctrines of the Christian faith because they're missing apostles to help make sure those foundations are being put into place. Okay? We need that role, that gift functioning today. Jesus gave gifts to the church. We need them today. We need to plant, to build, equip, father, send delegates, send. All these things are absolutely vital. So I hope you understand. Okay, this is the background for us to get into the nuts and bolts of our church and where we're going. You have to understand biblically where we're coming from. Because otherwise, you're not going to get the game plan. Okay? So it's really important that you understand these things. We need today, in our church, okay, there are many areas where we need apostles in order for us to be able to plant churches, to help build healthy churches, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We need people to be able to equip each one of us to do our part, to be able to send delegates. Paul did this all the time. He said, I'm going to send Timothy with you. I'm going to send Titus to you, Epaphroditus. I'm going to send different people to fit your need at this time. And he sent them with authority. And we need people to be able to go. And apostles, that's one of the things Paul was great at. Jesus modeled it. Paul did. Others. Okay? After he'd been there a couple of years, he's like, okay, this area over here hasn't heard about Jesus. We're moving on. Okay? And I'm going to come back to visit you. And that's where we get these letters to keep sorting things out. But you need to grow up a bit and move. And I'm going to keep moving on. Okay? So that's what we're doing. Ready to keep going? All right. Team is really important. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these points, but you just have to mention it. All right? Team is really important. And in North America, one of the things we're guilty of is this. It's a one-man show. So it's one person or one guy usually, and really gifted and really great, and so doing good things, but one person can only do so much. And God hasn't given one person the gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, all to one person. We need team. We need team in that translocal, and we need team in the local church. So just to say, team is really important. It also means you can't get built and connected just to one person, that that's your one person that forever you're going to be with. So you have to break the mindset. We have to do it local church-wise. Okay, local church-wise, we've got one pastor, one priest. Everything goes to them. Team is really important, especially if we're going to be working with different churches to understand there's a team effort. So you've got to have a different mindset to that. Okay, quickly, these are all important gifts and roles. And we believe these gifts are for the local church. So there's going to be some who are more for the local church, but also God's going to raise up people who are going to be working with other churches. And so we've defined apostle, prophet. Okay, it's more than just the old guys in the Old Testament with the beard, thus saith the Lord. Okay, they're gifts to the church today that bring the heart of God, that bring vision from God 
that bring the strategy from God, that see a bigger picture, that motivate, they also do this. They also equip the church on how to hear from God. Okay? And so, just as an example, okay, and we can say humbly, and I, I'm allowed to say it, is we believe Gary, here in our own church, okay, that God's gifted him more and more, really, as a prophet. Not, we're not going to call him Prophet Gary, okay? You can tease him, maybe, but we're just still going to call him Gary, all right? <laughs> That's right. But here's an example, okay? We, we've felt that for the last couple of years. Gary's been tested here, and so for him and Barb, over the March break, to go to Vancouver, to a church plant in Vancouver, Reese and Sarah, to go for a week, and get, you're going to get the report emailed out to you this week from Gary. But what a gift to a new church that's just starting, 30, 40 people, early days, to go and to be with Reese and Sarah, to meet with the church, to bring teaching, to bring teaching on the prophetic, to be able to prophesy into the church, into people's lives. What a huge gift to the church. Okay, and we had that, like someone from Dave Fellingham in our early days. What a great thing when you're starting out to have somebody to be able to come just to lift vision and to be able to bring some wind into the sails of some tough slugging. That's an incredible gift to the church. Right? And we've been blessed with that. We see that with evangelists. Again, people who are able to communicate the gospel, people who can come sometimes with signs and wonders that crack open people being willing to listen to Jesus, but also training others on how to share their faith. And we think of like a guy like Chris McLean, who we had here over a year ago, teaching us how to naturally share our faith. Okay? That's, that's an example. Okay? Shepherds. Okay? I think of someone like um, Roger Bai, who's with us. He's coming again in a couple weeks, who works with Jeremy on his team, which we'll get into. Real shepherd heart, be able to train pastors, be able to train other like life group leaders and that in local churches, how to care and protect and help the flock. Also, teachers who have a real gift of being able to come. Nimmer John Groves was at our last church weekend a year ago, a real, what we say, a trans local teacher. He helps go to other churches. And I mean, we never, most of you guys, I never met the guy, but a couple mornings brought such clear teaching that really helped us. Okay, and there was an authority to it, a clarity to it. We need those types of people working together to build up the local church and to train others. And we need to see these things restored. And that's part of what we believe is part of our calling in our church life. Humbly, again, we don't have it all figured out. We're learning these things ourselves. But we're trying to restore some of these things so that they're in everyday language. And we understand roles and functions for our local church and the churches that we're going to be a part of. And it takes a lot of educating. It takes a lot of it to see it in action before sometimes the light bulbs go on to say, hey, this is for our day and for our time. Are we going to add to Scripture? No. Okay? The canon's closed. So apostles, we're not going to add anything to Scripture. We're going to learn from it and be able to communicate it. Okay? And moving on as our time's going. This is a real partnership. And you have to understand the goal of what we're going for. Okay? If you read, again, just what we read in Ephesians chapter 4, the goal of all these things is this. It's growth in maturity, love, service, and mission. So our goal in all these people working together is this. People are going to hear about Jesus. They're going to understand why Jesus came, why he died, why he was raised from the dead. 
why he went back to heaven, how he sent his Holy Spirit, how we're to follow him, kind of what we're doing here this morning, so that we can follow Jesus. But following Jesus is not just, in a sense, a one-time thing. It's everyday life. And it's being able to grow. Just as a child grows and develops, it's being able to grow in maturity. We don't want people becoming Christians and then they get carried off on every crazy doctrine that's out there. And trust me, there was crazy doctrine 2,000 years ago and there's even more crazy doctrine with the internet today. And I mean crazy. So, and we deal with it all the time. Okay? Dreams and visions about pigs in space sort of thing. You're just like, what in the world is that? Come back to the Bible. Okay? And this is Paul's heart. He said, you know what? I don't want you to be tossed to and fro, okay, by every wind of teaching, every crazy doctrine that comes, okay, so you get misled and you get stunted in your growth, that you can get wiped out, okay, you need to be solid in your understanding what you believe. And we want people as Christians to be able to say, hey, you know what, I can give a reasonable explanation for the things that we're doing. I'm trying this morning to give a reasonable explanation for why we believe in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers today. It's not crazy. Okay, Here it is, laid out from Scripture. We want to grow up in these things. And I think that would be Paul's heart. Let's grow up individually and as a church. Let's grow in maturity. Let's grow in love. Okay, Some things are hard to measure. It's hard to measure, am I growing in love? That's a tough one. Okay, We can count how many people are here on a Sunday morning. Okay, So we can count numbers. It doesn't show us anything, in a sense, about whether or not we're growing in love and if there's any character change on the inside. Okay? Are we loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are we loving our neighbor more? Those are growing up things that love spills out. Are we serving? Are we finding our spot? As we talked about a couple weeks ago, everybody has a role to play. Okay? One body, many members, different functions, but every one of us has a Okay, big toe, little toe, hand, ear, eye, everyone is important. Again, some more up front, some behind the scenes, everyone's important. And mission. Okay, are we heeding the call that some of us, God's going to call us to move and go other places to serve God and build church in other places? That's already happening and it's going to continue to happen. And that's part of these ministries, these different gifts working together is there are many people groups that don't know about Jesus. Not just in Atlantic Canada, okay, around the world. Okay? So we need to be, that's part of these groups, ministries working together is there's a call to be able to go on mission together. And whether it's in your own neighborhood, hallelujah, it could be to nations. And we have to be open that response and we're going to be provoked by the word of god we're going to be provoked by people's examples we're going to be provoked from this team leadership and some of these roles change as the church grows okay so early days the apostle i believe is going to be much more involved than as a church grows up and becomes more autonomous working together and more healthy and with more local leadership in early days the apostle is going to be much more involved and i think we've seen that already in our own church life. And so we're going to be more involved with things that are going to come up 
whether it's Vancouver right now, it's going to be, have to be more involved on every different level. But as the church grows and people get plugged in and people find their gifts and things begin to take help, then it's a bit more, hey, you're on your way. I'm going to go help others. And I'm going to come back and we'll work together. And actually, I might some, take some of the people that you've helped grow up and we're going to take them over here and we're going to use them over here. So some of these roles, the level of involvement changes as the church grows. So I'll just mention that to you when you get into, how come we don't see this person anymore? Hey, we've grown up some. Okay? And they're needed elsewhere and we're able to keep going. All right. Quickly, just bring it right down to where we're involved. Okay? Our church life today and how this works together. So just a quick history. Our church started uh, late 90s and into um, the 2000s. And we had a couple called Dave and Rosie Fellingham from England who came and really helped get our church established. And Dave Fellingham um, really was, in a sense, an apostolic role to us in the early days. He came and brought foundations. They actually came here in 2002, 10 years ago, right now. And they moved here for three months. And they lived with us to really get us established as a church. And Dave, in his wisdom and in his humility, said, you know what, I think I've done all I can do. You need somebody else who's more of a builder to help you as a church. So with great humility, because he could have held on to us and said, that's my one or two trips to Canada every year, and Dave likes to travel, and so it would be very tempting for him just to say, I'm going to come, and I helped get this church started, and I'm going to stick with them because that's my, in a sense, position, or that's my right. But Dave didn't do that. So you know what? You got started. You need someone else with a different role and a different gift to help build you and sort of take you to the next sort of stage of development. So we had a couple, Don and Stephanie Smith, begin to build relationship with us. And if you were here in the last sort of six months, Don and Stephanie were just with us for September, October, November, December. In the last 10 years, they've been the main couple that we've been working with, and they know us very well. And so as Don's been apostolic to us, and with Stephanie helping as well, okay, they've helped lay foundations. Don's helped train up leadership. Don's been able, and Stephanie together, they've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of our church life. So when they come, they've gone on the sandwich run before. They've been in trustees meetings. Okay, those are the two extremes, isn't it, of church life. They've been in life groups. They've had coffee. They've been in your homes. You can ask them any question. Okay, they, you know them, and they know you. And they've helped all the things that we're talking about. And in the last couple of years, Don, in his humility, has said, you know what, you're getting to a place now where you're going to be planting churches I'm in my 70s. I'm getting old. Okay? If something happens to me, you're on your own. We don't want that to happen. You need someone who will be able to take you for the next 10 or 15 years. And Don began, as we began to talk and pray, in the last couple of years, a guy named Jeremy Simpkins has worked out. And, just, and he had been with Don, which is really helpful. They had worked together and been elders together. And so the last two and a half years, Jeremy and Ann Simpkins have been coming, and we're starting to build this relationship. They're going to be with us again in two weeks. Actually, in just in a week's time. They come a week from Tuesday. And so we had Don building, and now Jeremy. And Jeremy's working with more and more churches across Canada, working together. And Jeremy's in the north of England. He's led a church in a place called Teesside for 10 years, helped build it up, worked in the region. Now he's in Manchester, and he's overseas about working together with his team, about 60 churches 
And uh, most of them have been planted in the last 10 years and working together as apostles, working with prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in local churches. Now, folks, there's 35 minutes to get to the last 5 or 10 minutes. Because, like I said, you might think in the last 35 minutes, this does not have one sweet clue to do with me. If you're involved in the church, it absolutely does. And sometimes you might not know it, but it does. Because what God is doing is with Don and Stephanie, Jeremy and Ann, we've had many delegates come. We've had, just like, for example, last year, John Groves has come. We've had Andrew Wilson here. We've had different men and women come. We've got Alan and Susanna Rose coming to our church weekend in May who works with Jeremy and Ann together. So there's a great partnership. Okay? Our roles are changing. So my role is changing. Because from 2002, when I started leading full-time, to basically the last year and a half, my head was down with you guys for the last like eight and a half, nine years. And this is all I thought about. Okay? wonder I wasn't crazy sometimes, isn't it? Because <laughs> this, this was it, which was hallelujah. And it was hard, okay? We've got to lay foundations. we just got to do this. We've got to teach into this. We've got to do this. Pastoral things. We've got we married. We've got babies. We've got funerals. The whole gamut, okay? In the last seven or eight years, okay, Everywhere I go, and if you understand prophecy and hearing, you've got to test and weigh it, okay? Everywhere I go for the last eight years, and I didn't tell basically anyone except for maybe Gary, Kevin, Angela, and Barb and Marilyn. Everywhere I go, from different people all around the world, every time, this is what I get, okay? And it scares me. So for years, I didn't even tell them. And I came back this time from England, I said, I'm not even telling you, okay? But every time... Humbly, and you have to test and weigh it, and there's no proof of it yet, in a sense, so we'll just say it. But you've got to understand how things are going to change. Okay? Everywhere I go, I get this. Your father, which when you get it in 2001 before you have any kids, that's an interesting one. More than just my own family, father, heart to the church. Apostolic, 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 apostolic. When God called me to lead a local church, I was like, no. Now, I have to test and weigh those things with Don, with the eldership team, with Angela. We've got to work all those things together. And I've held off. I've tried to push it to the side for as long as I've been able to do. And humbly, again, I'm just like, I don't even really want to share this because it's about me, but you've got to hear it, okay? More and more, I get... Again, probably every week or so, I get requests from people saying, can you come and help our church? Can you come and help us here? And I just have to keep saying, no, I can't. i got a young family. I'm leading church full time. And I've had to just choose very carefully what I say yes and no to. And working with Jeremy. So when I went to England last month, okay, you got to understand the purpose for going. I was working with Jeremy. And I've seen Jeremy in action working with his team of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, working together with 60 churches, most of them early days, and just seeing how all that works together, the administration of it, 
the correction that comes, the church discipline that needs to come with that, vision, strategy, just trying to start in early days, see how all that works together. And here in Canada, we're started. There's some churches that have started in Ontario who are asking me to help them, and I've said, no. We've got Reese and Sarah in Vancouver. We've got churches in Alberta. We've got churches starting in Montreal that are asking for help everywhere. And as you know, we're looking at getting started in Prince Edward Island. So we've got Andrew and Janet, who you're going to meet again in just like a week's time, who are moving here this summer to be with us for a year with the goal of us helping plant them into Charlottetown. Okay, and we're looking at Halifax and Moncton. All that to say is, part of the reason we're bringing Brent on full-time is, over time, to give me a bit more time to help some other churches outside of our own local church. So you've got to understand the strategy. You also have to understand the strategy of getting involved in life group, that in your small group, that's your first place for getting connected, working with your life group leaders and their coordinators, because you're not going to have access to me all the time. And you shouldn't even if we were 30 or 40 people. Okay? But you've got to understand the game plan or else you're going to be really hurt and really disappointed. Okay, So I'm just being honest with you. Okay? Because the volume of emails and phone calls and everything I get, I cannot keep up with it. Okay, And, that, and that's with me saying no to everybody else. So you've got to understand the game plan. Life groups, your small groups, that's your primary Okay, place of pastoring, vision, leader, training, all of that. We've got our coordinators with it. We're working with a team of elders. We've got Don and Stephanie still working with us. We've got Jeremy and Ann coming. You've got to understand all of that. But as time goes on, okay, we're working with some other churches. That's a great thing because guess what? You're involved in that. And when I'm trying to educate you, I want you to get caught up on the vision as well. Because what we're doing, we're not building our own Meeting Place Empire, it's not the Joe Crummy show whatsoever. It's New Testament biblical values being worked out in 2012. And so bringing Brent on was to help more at home base so that when I go away some, you've got another anchor because Gary and Kevin are full-time in their jobs. Our life group leaders are all full-time in their jobs. Okay, there's just some things you just don't have time for. You need someone more full-time, as we've done with April as well, to be able to help people move forward, to be discipled, to grow up so that you can begin to train others. And I can guarantee, and it's already happening, God's going to use you guys and gals together to, when I go somewhere, I'm going to take some of you with me and say, I need you to do this. And some of you are going to be involved in things in different places you never even dreamed of. And some of you are going to go. I can guarantee when Andrew and Janet, we're praying, come here next year, some of you, over that year, your hearts are going to be joined. You're going to feel calling. And even though you didn't plan it, come 2013, 2014, Charlottetown is going to be your new home. we got all these university students, okay? So Rebecca, Janet, others graduating, all that. you got to remember, wherever God sends you, look out. Remember us, okay? We might not be there yet, wherever you might be going, but you're our forerunners, Okay? Coming to a location near you soon. <sighs> Hopefully, this is the great thing about university. We got a lot of great university students. Okay, they graduate from here, they get jobs other places. We don't have a meeting place church there, and I hear it all the time. 
from very frustrated, angry university students. I can't find a church like the meeting place where I am. Hold on. Okay, we're coming, but it's going to take us the next few years. But you can be a part of that. Okay? So, I'm not Apostle Joe. I'm Joe, who serves in a role as your elder, who, by God's grace, and with me kicking and screaming, fighting against it, will test the waters a bit and begin to try to help some other churches. We're praying for Brent tonight. Okay, we believe God's raising up a shepherd pastor from our own midst to help care for the flock and bring disciple. Okay, we see Gary, others who are prophetic role, who we think are going to be more translocal as things. God's going to raise up from our own midst. Others who are going to do that, other teachers, other pastors, other evangelists who are going to be able to do that. That We're going to work together as team. And I think you should be most excited. You should be scared in a good way. Because you can't get comfortable. Okay? So we're not trying to get a church of a thousand just to have our own church in Fredericton of a thousand. You should be scared because you don't know what God might want to do with your life. And that's the most exciting thing, as we've said many times, on planet Earth. So you can't get comfortable because God's going to poke and probe you. And when you sing a song as, take my life and let it be, woo what a dangerous, great song to sing. I was singing it this morning going, I know what I'm speaking on. And I'm like, I'm glad we're singing that first because nobody might sing it at the end. <laughs> it's too late. You've already sung it. You've already prayed it. All right, so in closing, we're trying to be biblical in everything we do. Here's what we see in the Bible. Here's what we're trying to apply in our day and in our time. We're trying to figure out what's eternal principles, what's cultural and how to think some of those things changes, that's very difficult. And as we talked about last week, being respectful to understand some of these things are difficult to be able to walk through what we're trying. You've got to understand what you're a part of. Okay, You're part of the growing body of Christ that wants to grow up you individually to be a passionate follower of Jesus, to love God even more, and to love your neighbor. A lot of you are going to be part of this church and you're going to stay here and we need you, okay? We need to reach Fredericton, our surrounding areas. As other people go, we need others to be raised up in leadership to help in all the different aspects of church life. Some of you are going to go be part of a team to church plant into different areas. Some of you are going to go even further, I believe. Some of you are going to go to different nations, okay? You're going to reach other nations and other people groups that have like 1% Christian, okay? And being with my brother-in-law sister who've been in Indonesia for four or for nine years, okay? You're going to be in different countries around the world. Some of you are going to be used in different roles. I believe God's going to raise up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers from this local church to work in team with local churches to reach our nation and the nations who are going to demonstrate a different model of church life that isn't going to be perfect because we're in it, but the principles are there, the pattern's there, to be able to hopefully build healthy churches where, because some of these things have been neglected in local church life, okay, we'll restore them so that the body of Christ will be even healthier as we play our part. Okay? That's the plan. You've got to understand the plan for our local church, how life groups, how leadership, eldership, how all those things work together so that you're not disappointed 
with a wrong expectation or a different expectation of how things work. You've got to try to be clear that you understand. And guess what? It's exciting. You're a part of what God's doing, and he's going to use every single one of you. Some more in the spotlight, many in behind, but we need everyone, and God sees it all. Hallelujah.